0: It says that my God will, not might, not maybe, but will meet all your needs. It's an absolute. And then it says my God will meet all your needs, not some of your needs, but all of
1: them. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: Listen to how this little girl deals with someone's, someone's disbelief. Talking about whales. And she informed the class that it was impossible for a whale to swallow a human being because although they were huge, their throats were too small. A little girl raised her hand and said, The Bible says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Annoyed, the teacher reiterated that it was physically impossible. So the little girl said, Well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. And the teacher asked, Well, what if Jonah went to hell? Well, the little girl replied, then you can ask him. (laughs) Well, if we believe the word is true, and I I know we do, then this scripture I'm about to share, this amazing promise I found in Philippians when the Apostle Paul was encouraging those folks. This scripture will change your life. Listen to this. My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's just think about that for a second. It says that my God will, not might, not maybe, but will meet all your needs. It's an absolute. And then it says my God will meet all your needs, not some of your needs, but all of them. Then it goes on to say that according to his glorious riches. God's not rich. He's gloriously rich. His resources are endless. And then it finishes it off by saying, in Christ Jesus. That means it's a promise only for believers. That's us. What an incredible promise. So let's make sure that we understand what it doesn't say. That scripture doesn't say, I'll meet all your greeds. You see, there's a big difference between needs and wants. And just like as parents, we don't give our kids everything that they want because we know it's not good for them. God doesn't promise to give us everything we want. But he does promise to meet all of our needs. So why is it that you may have financial needs today? Why is it that so many believers are struggling financially? Are we not understanding something? Is God failing us? The answer, of course, is no, not a chance. Rick Warren, he likes to explain it this way. With every promise, there's a premise. When God makes a promise, he is clearly saying, I'll do my part if you will do yours. So to make sure that you're in a place where God can make good on his promise to meet all of your needs, try to remember these simple principles. First, pray before you pay. Ask God to get involved with your financial decisions, your buying decisions, certainly before you invest your money in anything. The word says, ask and you shall receive and your joy shall be complete. Talk to him about it. Second, when you have a need, plant a seed. Now it sounds illogical, to our human nature, to give at the very time when you have a need. But that's why it requires faith. God says, my ways are not your ways. When you give during your time of need, you exercise your faith, and you unleash God's blessings on your life. And finally, third, trust is a must. We have to trust God in everything. You know, worry and anxiety, they're not qualities befitting a believer. When you worry about everything, what you're really saying is, it all depends on me. And that actually displeases God. So the more we trust him, the more he can meet our needs. Whatever your situation is today, if you believe the word of God to be true, and I know you do, then you have to believe that this promise is for you.
1: What is heaven like? Coming up, find out why every Christian, both young and old, should rejoice in the promise and anticipation of heaven. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. First, let me ask you a
0: question. How many of you saw some of the royal wedding a few weeks ago? You know, Prince William, Kate, yeah, a bunch of you. I, I, can, I have to confess that I didn't really watch any of it live. Uh, fortunately, it was a really big deal. It was kind of like ESPN, ESPN Sports Center. I uh, had plenty of opportunity to see the highlights of the wedding. And I, I have to say, it was quite an event, and the British really know how to throw a party. Uh, how many knew that Des and Mary came from a place that liked a party so much? I mean, who knew? I think though most american men had some of the same observations that i did when i saw it the first thing was i just couldn't help but wonder since i have two daughters and i've paid for a few of these things is who is paying for all that i was i was really feeling it for the father of the bride i mean i know he's thinking of all the lads in england she has to marry the monarch My accent wasn't so great, was it? Well, anyway, I figure the father of the bride choked on a crumpet or something when he heard what this thing was going to cost. And and they say that over 2 billion people witnessed this wedding all over the world. The actual cost of the wedding was around $32 million. They spent over a million dollars on flowers. The wedding cake... $80,000, which, by the way, Ron Schaefer, that makes our sign seem like a really good deal. (laughs) But anyway, while taking all of this royal wedding stuff in, I couldn't help but think this may have been the biggest celebration that the world has ever seen. And it was such a great celebration that I transitioned that to I couldn't help but wonder how it will compare to the celebration that we'll have someday when we come together in heaven and meet Jesus. And I have to tell you, I like thinking about heaven. I don't think about dying very much, but I like thinking about heaven. I don't know why we don't talk about heaven more. Some people say, well, you can't talk about heaven without talking about hell. Yes, you can. I disagree with that. Why would anyone want to talk about hell except in context of acknowledging its horrible existence? I don't want to go there, so I don't want to talk about it. Talking about hell instead of heaven is like talking about Beirut instead of Hawaii. I've never been there, but I've heard enough about it to know I don't want to go. But heaven... Heaven is somewhere I really want to go, in a place that I want to see. I realize that the word is a little sketchy at best in describing heaven, but I believe that the Lord even had a purpose in that. But let me remind you of a few things that we do know about heaven. Like, where is is heaven? Is it, where, where are we going to find it? Well, let me tell you something. Heaven is a real place, like Chicago. (laughs) Vic says, I hope not. (laughs) Okay, our Fort Worth, Texas. Listen to what the Lord said the night before he was crucified. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Heaven is a place where God lives and He has rooms for people. Like a rich Carlton. What is heaven like? We have to piece together these facts from all over the Bible, but the word tells us that heaven is a city designed and built by God Himself. Heaven is described as a better country and like a paradise. Heaven is where Christians go when they die. It says that the streets are paved with gold and the gates inlaid in pearls. And based on the word, the there's some assumptions about heaven that we can make. Like this, it would be a city with no pollution and no crime and no violence. No greedy politicians. No drug dealers. We believe it's filled with beautiful parks, rivers, meadows, flowing streams, flowers that bloom all the time. Every plant free from disease. There'll be the sound of children laughing, bright conversation, music floating in all directions. There'll be no tears, no sorrow, no regret, no remorse, no bitterness, no failure. No wheelchairs, no eyeglasses, (laughs) no hearing aids, no hospitals, no nursing homes, no paramedics, no ambulances, no cancer. No heart heart attacks. No headaches, therefore no aspirin. And there's one thing for sure you won't find in heaven. You know what that is? Cemeteries. There's no funerals in the city where no one ever dies. You see, when you accept Christ, you have to believe in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, heaven is a real place. It's a place where by faith we know that the Lord intentionally spared us all the details of heaven. Why would he do that? I can tell you what I believe. I believe it's because heaven is so magnificent, so wonderful a place. Our minds could never grasp it or understand it. The word helps me out there. It says this. This is the King James Version. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them that love Him. I believe the Word is saying that the Lord has a celebration prepared for us that will make the royal wedding look like a tailgate party. Every Christian, every Christian, young and old, should rejoice every day in the promise and anticipation of heaven. And not just because it's really there, or because of what it will be like, but mainly because of who is there. Because not only will we be reunited with our loved ones who have gone before us, but we at last will meet our Master and our Creator and the Savior of our souls. Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. The one who we will worship without distraction, will serve without exhaustion, We'll fellowship without fear. We'll learn without fatigue. And we'll live. We'll live in glory. Forever. And ever. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I want to go there. I want to go there this morning. Can you say amen? One thing I learned about when I, when I went to, when I went to uh, prepare a few words about heaven is, you can't do it in five minutes. One of the most frustrating things i've ever done you can't talk about heaven in a few minutes you want to talk about heaven as long as we want to be there forever
1: are you living the exceptional life that god has for you well you can don't change the channel discover how you can fulfill god's perfect plan for your life flashlights let nebo light your way we hope you're enjoying bobby bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side
0: i I want to continue to encourage a few of you today maybe you feel like you're in a rut maybe you feel like you're on a treadmill running around not but not going anywhere has anybody ever felt like that I have good news. What I want to tell you is that God never intended for you to live an average, mediocre life. I believe that all of us are destined to have an exciting and exceptional life if we're willing to follow Christ to find it. You see, we're, we're all very much uniquely created. We're not just one in a million. We're something like one in six billion and not only are each of us unique but he designed us for excellence and listen God doesn't make anything accidentally he never makes mistakes so when he made you he made you exactly the way he wanted for a reason and he gave you special talents and gifts that he intends for you to to develop and to use the Lord said this for I know the plans That I have made for you. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. So for us to get going and get out of our rut today. We have to start by following God's plan for our life. And not our own. Let me tell you a story. When our youngest daughter Elise was a little girl. She loved to fix all of her friend's hair. And even then, it was very obvious to all of us that she had a natural gift for doing that. So much so that we always told her that when she grew up, she should be a hairstylist. Well, after high school, she had other ideas. She tried several colleges. She tried several jobs. She was not very happy or very successful with with any of them. And then on her own, she decided to go to cosmetology school. And almost immediately, she discovered... That being a hairstylist was not only where her natural gift was, but that it also afforded her the opportunity to follow her greatest passion, which was to share the love of Christ with everyone she meets. Everyone that sits in her chair hears her heart about Jesus and what he's meant in her life. So by developing her God given talent, She found the fulfilling, exceptional life that God had for her. You see, we can work hard and we can develop skills and we can become proficient at things, but there's no substitute for exercising the natural gifts that God has placed in us. And God has placed natural talents in you that He wants to develop. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans that We have different gifts according to the grace given us, and that we are to use our gift in proportion to our faith. Can you believe that? That means our talent can be as big as our faith in Jesus Christ. So, if we want to live an exceptional life, and I'm talking to young people here, we have to start by believing that we are destined for great things through Christ. We have to be willing to launch out into uncomfortable territory by faith there's an old saying that every ship is safe in the harbor but that's not what it's designed to do a ship is made for the open seas where the storms can rage and while we would surely drown all by ourselves through Christ we're like that ship designed to handle the stormy seas of life not to sit idly in some safe harbor An average, mediocre life is not the destiny of one who follows Christ. But unless we combine the gifts and talents that God has given us with a burning desire to find our purpose in Him, then we may never know the exceptional life that God intended us to live. The Lord said to Jeremiah, call to me, And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And the word says, Our God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. You know what that means? That means that we can't outdream God, he has bigger things in mind for us than we could ever imagine for ourselves. But wouldn't you like to see what he has in store for you if you would only pursue it? Because there's nothing average or mediocre about the God we serve. And there's nothing average or mediocre about the life that God has planned for you. Let me ask you today are you living the exceptional life that God has for you? Did you know that you can? His plan is for you to rise up, use your gifts, and fulfill His purpose for you in Jesus' name. And when you do that, I promise you that not only will something good happen in Jesus' name, but whatever happens, it will be exceptional.